Our scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exalted, exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you were with us last Sunday on Easter Sunday, you may remember in our traditional service, we talked about having an Easter mindset. We talked about having the kind of hope and optimism that comes with Jesus being raised from the dead. This idea that God is going to do and has already done great things. And even though life may be difficult, we cannot let ourselves fall into despair. Instead, we need to lean into the hope that Easter provides us. And hopefully that message has uh, resonated with you, especially at such a time as this. But maybe like the person I talked to last Sunday, it's still a little bit difficult. After worship at Easter last Sunday in the early services, I was shaking hands with folks. Uh, One person came up and said, I needed to hear that, but I'm still trying to be hopeful. (laughs) And I said, I understand. I understand. We're all like that, aren't we? we? We know what we need to do, and yet it's difficult for us to place everything, our heart, our mind, everything uh, into God's hands. And yet I think it's still important for us to make every effort to do this. If, if you were to think about what it means to stay hopeful no matter what, you might come up with the word resilient, the ability to bounce back. Uh, to not be sidelined forever when things don't go your way. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks, including today. We're going to talk about four important words in Hebrew that not only exist in the Old Testament, but are woven throughout Scripture that will help us be resilient. These are words that connect everything to what God calls us to do and who God calls us to be. And we're starting today with walking. But before we get there, let me remind you that being resilient is about following in the footsteps and the way of Jesus, no matter what happens on the outside. No matter what happens on the outside, following Jesus and doing what God calls us to do is difficult. It takes resilience to be able to bounce back from difficulties. If you were to look at the theology and the the division in some of the Old Testament passages over why things are difficult, you might find two different views. One is called Deuteronomic theology. Deuteronomic theology is this idea that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. 
In the Old Testament, that seems to be the way things were, at least early on in the Old Testament. It didn't stop early in the, in the, New, in the Old Testament. You even find Jesus encountering people like his own disciples who say, this person must be sick because of their sins or even their parents' sins. So that theology didn't go away. And I bet that some people in our world today even think that way. That good things should only happen to them because they're good and bad things should only happen to bad people because they're bad. Deuteronomic theology. Now, this idea is still in scripture, but it begins to be replaced even as early as in the Psalms with King David. King David, you may remember from Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. It says, yea, this is the King James Version because you got to use the King James Version for this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Bad things are happening around me. I will not, yeah. Why? Because thou art with me. Bad things are happening, but I will not be afraid because you are with me. You're walking with me. Being resilient is understanding that God is with us during those difficult times and we are not alone in bouncing back on our own. It's interesting that this happens a couple of other times in the New Testament where things get a a little bit dicey. (laughs) A sort of funny part of this happens in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. In John's Gospel, Jesus has, has gained a following, not only of his core disciples, but of many people. And they are following him. They're seeing him do these amazing miracles. And as they're coming together at a certain point in John chapter 6, Jesus starts telling the people gathered there that they are going to have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now, I want to remind you, the Last Supper has not occurred yet. They have no idea that he links those cups and that bread to his own body and blood. The disciples... And all the people following him have nothing in their minds related to this. So when they're hearing this, they're kind of hearing somebody talk about cannibalism, right? And in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, everybody leaves Jesus. Everybody leaves Jesus except for the 12 disciples. And Jesus turns to them and says, well, are you going to go too? And one of the disciples says, where would we go? He doesn't say, we believe in you, right? He says, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. They would rather walk with Jesus through a troubling teaching like this than to be anywhere else. They found hope. They found God. They found something that they could not turn their backs on in him. So what we want to talk about today is this first word, walking. What does it mean to walk? And Pastor Robert helped our children learn a little bit today that walking is the mode of transportation for almost everyone in the Bible, except for the very rich. Even the people that maybe had a little bit of money would still walk everywhere. Their animals were used for carrying heavy loads, almost like a wheelbarrow uh, for us today. And, And so they really walked everywhere. But when we're talking about walking, we're not just talking about what it means to get from point A to point B. Because what we're talking about is when you're walking with someone. We're not just talking about walking in Hebrew, halak. We're talking about walking with someone, especially walking with 
God. You know, what's interesting about this term, walking with God, it is pervasive through scripture, but it's also part of the Jewish faith and how they understand their role of living faithfully. The rules and regulations uh, for Judaism are called halakha, halakha. It's roughly translated into the walk of life or the walk of faith. It also can be translated as the way of behaving, (laughs) the way of behaving. So for Jewish folks, in their minds, walking with God is about walking in God's way, in God's footsteps, following every command that God had given them. This goes all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible. You may want to make some notes and and maybe look at Genesis chapters 1 through 6 a little bit later today or this week. I'm going to just briefly go through some things. One of the first times that we see the word walk in the Old Testament in Genesis is when God walks in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God walks, physically walks in the garden with them. And this occurs until Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. After this, God walks in the Garden of Eden again, but Adam and Eve don't walk with him. What do they do instead? They hide. They're ashamed. They're ashamed of their nakedness. They're ashamed of their sin. And so they hide from God. That is the first instance of people walking with God. Now, if you skip ahead to Genesis chapter 5, you will read a chapter where there's a genealogy. There's sort of a family tree going from uh, Adam and Eve to Noah. And I know exactly what you're thinking. Skip. Um, You know, (laughs) it's like Matthew chapter 1. Skip. But I tell you, if you ever do a Bible study, both those places have rich theology. You just don't know it because you think it's just a family tree. In Genesis chapter 5, it's the, the connections from Uh, from Adam to Noah. Noah shows up in the sixth chapter and everything seems exactly the same. This person was born, they had children and they died. One of their children also had children and they died. And it just keeps going like that until we reach a man named Enoch. The narrative structure of that genealogy changes. My friend Ron Mortoya taught me this. At that point, the narrative changes and it says Enoch was born, he had kids, but Enoch walked with God. And then he lived on for 300 more years. And then the narrative goes back. Somebody was born, they had kids, they died. And what what we hear from from theologians is, is when there's a pattern like that and something breaks, something's different from that pattern, it's meant to stand out so you pay attention Enoch walked with God. In Genesis chapter 6, we meet Noah. And by the ninth verse, we find out that what? Noah walked with God. He was holy. And God ended up choosing him um, to be there after the flood. Then, many, many years later, we get to the 12th and 17th chapter of Genesis where we meet Abram. Abraham. And guess what Abraham does? Abraham walks 
with God. Not only are these passages important to help us understand that God wants faithful people who will walk with him, the New Testament underscores this in Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we see that God, uh, uh, that re- God reveals to us that faith is important. Faith is believing where we don't see. Faith is going where we don't know where we're going. Following where we don't know where we're going. And guess who the author of Hebrews mentions in, ha- in chapter 11 after he talks about faith? Enoch, Noah, Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11. Walking with God is woven throughout Scripture. It's faith and action. It is belief and living. The walk of life is living in a deep relationship with God. And God desires us to walk with him. Did Jesus recruit disciples who only believed in him? No, he recruited disciples who followed him who walked with him everywhere he went. Walking with God is a way of saying that we are in a day-by-day relationship with God. We are walking hand-in-hand with God. We're developing a relationship that means something. And this is consistent with even modern-day Middle Eastern practices. Um, I don't know if you remember this, this picture. Some of you may remember 9-11 and the implications after September 11th as, as the United States was, in a sense, building up their, their connections, their allies. There was a picture of then-President Bush walking in Saudi Arabia with one of the royal members of the family. And when they were walking, guess what they were doing? They were holding hands. And some people in the media pointed that out and thought it was weird. And some people just thought, well, what in the world is happening? President Bush, then President Bush, was adhering to a cultural uh, way of walking between two men. It was normal for them to hold hands as you're walking because the idea is you're walking together. You're walking hand in hand. You're developing a friendship. You're developing a relationship. Now, relax. I'm not going to tell you to walk out holding hands today. But what I do want you to imagine is that when we're talking about walking with someone, we're not talking about a race between two people. And we're not talking about just getting to point A to point B with people. We're talking about being in a deep relationship with one another, talking, sharing life, learning together. Walking with God is about developing that relationship and it's about fusing God and God's way to our way. Walking with God is all about developing the kind of relationship where when trouble comes our way, we'll be more resilient because we have developed that life and that trust. And we're not alone in thinking about resiliency like this. Modern psychology has moved from looking at just problems within individuals I know that some people, when you hear the word psychologist, you think they're just going to find something wrong with me. Modern psychology is also looking into how to benefit, how to help people and help them grow. And there is a a group of folks in positive psychology is what they call it, where they have looked at resiliency. Here's what they say. 
C.R. Snyder, who had a book uh, on hope, and he says, as the subject line, you can get there from here. Uh, He says, hope is the sum of the mental willpower and way power that you have for your goals. Now, I want to say to you that, you know, willpower is important. We have to choose. We have to have our free will to choose to follow God. But I really like the second thing he mentions, way power, way power. That resiliency gives you the way power, the ability to go forward no matter what you face. And it seems like what God is saying is that he gives us way power. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for thou art with me. Way power. Also, another person in this area is is Martin Seligman, Seligman, and he says this, life inflicts the same setbacks and tragedies on the optimist as well as the pessimist, but the optimist weathers them better. So mention that we're not talking about in in our uh, talk today about pessimism and optimism. We're talking about hope and resiliency, but it's interesting, isn't it? that the optimist weathers the storms better than the pessimist because they believe in a hopeful future. Well, we believe that God is walking with us. We believe God wants the best for us. And if we're resilient enough, if we walk with God long enough, we can develop an unshakable core, a faith that can go the distance. These psychologists are in a sense revealing what we know from scripture that all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Now we're using this uh, passage for today, Isaiah chapter 40, not just because it talks about us walking and not fainting, and it uses the word halak, which is the word for walk in Hebrew. We're also using this because of how it fits into the history of Israel and what it says about walking with God. You see, right before the um, time of Isaiah, the nation of Israel was split into two kingdoms. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was essentially wiped off the map by the Assyrians. And then years later, as Isaiah is starting to write, there is a new threat to the southern kingdom where Jerusalem is, Babylon. The Babylonian empire is gearing up to invade Israel. And as you may know from history, they did come and they laid siege to Jerusalem and they defeated, they defeated the southern kingdom and they took some of the best and brightest skilled workers and leaders and took them back to Babylon. They forced them to walk and leave their country behind. Isaiah is written at the very beginning during this period. It also lasts, the book of Isaiah lasts until they come back. Now, the people that are in exile in Babylon have memories of their temple burning, their homes being destroyed. They have been in a hopeless situation, feeling like they have lost. And yet they continue to walk with God even when they're in exile. You may remember the story of Daniel. That happens during the Babylonian exile. You may remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When I was a little kid, I thought it was Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. That happened during this period. 
people were faithful even in those difficult times. They were walking with God. And Isaiah writes God's message to these people who are in a hopeless situation, exiled from their home, and he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? God is with you. God is going to lift you up on wings like eagles. And then there's a little bit of an interesting thing that is mentioned about young people and youths, right? Even youths will grow faint and teenagers will grow weary. That is not a slam on young people, okay? They just happen to have a lot of energy. I know this. I was at my, my middle school son's track meet. They're running all over the place. And even in between meets where we might be resting and icing our joints, they were just out on the field running around, running around, running around. Young people have a lot of energy. But if they're alone, if they're relying on themselves, they grow faint and they grow weary. What's different about people who are on their own versus the people that God lifts up? God is with them. The people who last, the people who are resilient are not the ones that make it on their own. It's the ones that God picks up. God renews their strength, right? If you are weary, God will give you strength. You can walk as long as you're walking with God. Isaiah's message to the people is no matter what you face, if you walk with God, God will be with you. That does not mean everything will go your way. That does not mean that your life will have total ease. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. But what it does mean is that we can find resiliency. We can make it through the difficult times because God is with us. We need to learn to walk with God. We need to learn to continually put our lives in the direction that God is leading us. And that includes every morning thinking about what would God have us do. That includes developing some sort of way of having a devotional life or a prayer life. But it also includes us thinking about the trajectory of our lives. Where are we going? Are we going in the direction that God would have us going or are we drifting? And if we're drifting, let's be mindful that if we drift too far, we might find ourselves becoming weak and faint when hardship comes. But the more that we walk with God, halak with God, I think the more strength we will find, not only individually, but corporately together as a church family. The more we follow in God's footsteps together, the stronger we'll be. And the more effective we'll be at showing hope and the power of hope to other people. Walk with God because it's not just about getting from point A to point B, but it's also about developing an unshakable faith as we walk with the God who walks with us.